How long did you spend there? How long were you there? I was there for 10 days, Gio. 10 days in France. Uh, well, welcome back to the States. I'm so glad you're back safe and sound. And we have you back on uh, this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another week of Ghost in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm welcomed back with my guest, co-host, Rob Thomas. How are you? Well, I feel very fortunate to be back in the States, back in this realm um, passage through this realm is very difficult at this moment, as we all know. Uh, there are great forces at play right now that is preventing beings from passing from one place to another, uh, both physically and spiritual dimensions. Um, I barely made it out of France myself. Um, you know, there are events happening all all over the world. Um, you know, last you heard from me, I was talking about some old spirits, and I wasn't really being specific because I was—I didn't want to give too much information uh, that would reveal my whereabouts, uh, because I was definitely being followed. Uh, and if it wasn't for a uh, special shout out for Taylor of the Street Team, it was a company the whole trip, keeping my back, uh, watching for some stuff out. Uh, if it weren't for you know, buddy system, everybody, especially when you're abroad, it's always a good way to go. Uh, and we made it back here safe. So big shout out to Taylor of the street team. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I know that everyone's not as fortunate to be able to cross the realms right now. Uh, so, you know, we, I'm thinking of them. Uh, and, you know, it's what also inspired me, inspires me to continue to do this work uh, because, you know, we have the privilege to continue to reveal all of this stuff. It's important that we know. You know, it scared me when you said that you were being followed. Um, I didn't, of course, tell the audience this. Um, you had told me this uh, in confidence that you were being followed. And so I, I took it very seriously. I called some people and I did some research myself and found some very interesting things about France and what was happening in France while you were there. So before you showed up in France, this is some, this is some kind of serendipity because the crimes of Grindelwald I uh, didn't watch it, but of course, one of my street team informed me, and so they told me exactly what happened in the climax of the movie. Grindelwald, aka Johnny Depp, Johnny, Johnny Depp, attacks the city of Paris, and he does it uh, in in a very grandiose fashion. And this is happening in in the movies, of course, before you arrived. And, and of course, they say it happened in the twenties. But the past is 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 a flat circle. It's relative. So and and the past is you know it could be yesterday. It could be two seconds ago, and it's still the past. So really, it just happened, and you had to walk into that hazardous kind of chaos of, of what Johnny Depp left over, and that's why I feel like all of the things that were following you is just kind of the energy being dispersed from Johnny's spell, and so I was really afraid. 
I mean, I was too. I mean, he made himself apparent wherever I went. He, I saw his face everywhere that I went on bus stations with the message sauvage, savage. To be savage. Now, that is a brutal word to, to, to kind of poster everywhere. Savage. Interesting. And I, and I felt like this message was meant for me because people would walk by and they wouldn't even pay attention. But every single time I saw it, I gasped aloud because mm -hmm. it's frightening the way that he looks as if he's trying to possess you. Um, and, you know, and I was there for some research, Gio. Of course. Um, so, you know, obviously that clued me off right away that I'm dealing with a place where I felt like I was in Johnny's territory. You know, oddly enough, even though that we both are American citizens, we both live here in California, um, his powers seem to be much stronger uh, in the older country of France, in Paris, the older city. Well, I, you know, here's a, a couple of things that I've heard, and this is off the grapevine, and it's kind of um, a pun that I made there by accident, because apparently Johnny Depp buys and imports nothing but French wine and refuses to drink anything but French wine. And racks up a bill of up to you know twenty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a Euro. month, euros, because he goes to France and buys this wine and stocks up, and he you know that's his wine of choice. And so that's the thing that we didn't realize when we sent you to France is that this truly is his stomping grounds where he stomps the wine and 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 drinks it. Another pun that I made by accident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't know it's what's wrong true. with you. It's quite. It's quite literal, um, and it it reminded me of my research. That one of the key places that I had to go was the gravesite of Jim Morrison, and and I and as for longtime listeners, we all know that that is very important because Jim Morrison plays a very pivotal influence onto Johnny Depp. I think you can look that up. I, Johnny says it himself. I'm sure, mm -hmm. uh, but Jim Morrison's influence on vampire culture as expressed through Lost Boys. And, of course, through uh, just everybody l trying to emulate his his lifestyle, the uh, live fast and die young lifestyle. Um, it's it's the vampire code, you know. It's And Jim Morrison died in France, is, is, is um, uh, from my memory. Yeah, he did. So that's why his gravesite, even though he's an American, why he would be over there. So it's... We sent you there for a reason. Oh, definitely. And, you know, for all the doubters out there, I'm sending out some pic um, I'm tweeting out some pictures right now, um, which is proof uh, of, of my being there, but also to show my point of what exactly is going on here. And it's really spooky stuff. Um, uh, you'll have to see it. It's his gravestone, of course, is there in France, and it is decorated with flowers and other ornamentations. What Are you will these... see very clearly, and Gio, I'm going to show this to you as well. On top of his, on Jim Morrison's tombstones, watching me is nothing else other than, unequivocally, a ghost. Oh my God. There's a ghost right there on top, and he's looking at you. <gasps> he's looking right at me. That is definitive proof, and there it is. He has a timestamp and his face right next to it to prove that that is a verified ghost, certified ghost.
ghost in the scene proof. We have a ghost in France, and you were lucky enough to capture it. Yeah, it's sitting on Jim Morrison's grave. And here's the other thing. I was in touch, Taylor, on the street team, went to take a photo of this as well to get both angles because it's important. We're trying to – ghosts with living in their dimensions, you have to remember, you have to get more than one plane. Of course. And try to capture them. Taylor turns on her camera, blank, nothing, unable to take a photo from the other angle. Wow. Blocking our research. So uh, obviously there is some, uh, some sort of forces going on, some sort of magic perhaps. A spell that doesn't want me to, that's inhibiting us from doing our research. Now that is as clear as day. Um, you have definitive proof, and of course, we uh, it comes from the only one to have ever gone to the ghost dimension and come back. You have a certain power with you, Rob. I think we were talking about this. The fact that we've hit our third year really hits at the fact that we have hit a new level of power. So you were able to capture this image, this ghostly, ghastly image. And it could it could be Jim Morrison himself taunting you and kind of only appearing to you and not appearing in Taylor's camera. So I just thank, thank the, uh, our listeners, the street team for supporting us for three years so that we could have the power to do what we do. So you're at the gravestone. Of course, you're surrounded by probably thousands upon thousands of ghosts because you're in a cemetery. Yes. And Jim Morrison decides to pop and kind of say hello to you. How did you feel in that moment? Were you afraid? Were you exhilarated? You know, there's always a mixture of, of both. I mean, it, each time it's it's a little silly to say. I feel surprised each time, even though I shouldn't be, because we have been residing within this ghostly uh, universe for some time now. And, you know, it should be very clear to us Uh and not surprising at all when the ghosts come to visit. But I feel surprised every single time and honored, actually, truly. It's an honor to be able to be given this information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Astonished. Uh, I felt like I was in the right place. I felt like I know exactly what we're talking about, that I don't care what other people may think or say uh, about this work that we do. I know it's true. We have the proof to prove it. We've had it before, and people didn't believe us. We have it now. People will still not believe us. And it is not for us to um, un, you know, kind of recondition people's brains from being lied to their whole lives. You know, we, 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 we can only tell the truth. And if we're, if we're going to try to convince everybody of everything we say, it, it's, it's going to take a long time. Let's just keep on telling the truth, and the people that need to hear it, they will hear it. And the people that need to see the evidence, they'll see it because it is 100% verified, guys, not phony. And I'm glad you had at least one photo because, I mean, these are the kind of things that we see um, all the time, you and me, just by our eyes. And we, we're not able to catch a photo and get evidence for everybody else. So this is a great moment just in the history of humanity. Finally, definitively, we have proof and evidence of a ghost. And it's the ghost of Jim Morrison to boot. Wow. Success. Yeah, and we're not waiting around for, for anyone 
at, at this point. I mean, this is coming at us so quickly and all the time that we just got to keep on moving forward. I mean, and, and I'll say, the last thing I'll say about Jim Morrison's grave, it's inscribed, of course, as most tombstones are, but it's not just his name and his death date. James Douglas Morrison, 1943 to 1971, but below it, there is another inscription in Latin. Huh. An ancient, a dead language, whoa, especially whoa. another time in 1971. So this that's, is a ghost language. It's a spell. A spell inscribed onto his tombstone. And it's it's written on there, showing Geo. It says, mm -hmm. Cata Tone Demona Eatoi. Cata Tone Demona. That sounds like demon in there somewhere. It definitely does, Gio, because it translates to against the devil himself. What? Inscribed there, right on Jim's tombstone. The devil himself. Against the devil. And here's the thing that we can't be sure of, okay? Because Demona is probably the only thing that we know in that sentence, what it means. But against, what if they got it mixed? What if it was with instead mm -hmm. now can you read it instead of against can you just say it uh with instead and and kind of re repeat what, what he would say if, if it was a with instead of against it would be a with the devil himself wow and this is greek by the way i'm sorry it's not latin but greek well there we, we go that's well spoken but it's still very ancient the two translations back and forth already, it makes makes me shaky as to whether the against is actually against. It could be with. Mm -hmm. That's that's my guess. Wow. Guys, and real quick, this is this is kind of uh, beside the point, but I just did a quick spot flash in investigation, and I looked up his initials. Did you know that JDM is also a style of car? Mm. Um, of race cars. Um, like a Honda Civic or a Lexus IS or an Acura Integra. These are a Nissan Skyline, the Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution. These are all JDM cars. So the think about what the kind of symbolism of a car is. You know, it's an engine, it's combusting, it's on fire, it's exploding, right? Now, kind of now add that to the legend and lore of Jim Morrison, and you see how it fits perfectly. And he's a vehicle, really. It's not really about Jim, but what he brings forth. He is br he's breaking people on through to the other side. Yes. Just as a car would do. Exactly. From point A to point B, except point A in the break on through to the other side is life, and point B is death and now this is kind of i mean let's let's get real here paul walker loved jdm cars and in fact in the original um franchise of the fast and the furious drove i believe a skyline the nissan skyline and so he drove a jdm car it, it against his own spirit mm -hmm. against own against it and, and 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 somehow i believe that the spirit of jim morrison 
might have helped him for a moment, but then you have to, uh, like you said, he's with the devil himself. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, he has to pay the piper, and so that's what happened to Paul Walker, guys, because of because of the JDM cars, not knowing that he was associated with Jim Morrison. But that's taking us away, um, you know, th that's taking us into the realm of racing. I want to get back to your trip in France because oh, yeah. that wasn't it. Not by a long shot at all. So uh, fortunately, I was able to, to get away from, from Paris a little bit and uh, see some other parts of the country, uh, which are very ancient, going back to Roman times themselves and just feeling that, that energy um, and also getting away from Johnny's grip in, in Paris too. It's, was suffocating. I had bad dreams. Uh, I I dreamt that I must have been him right outside my door, waiting for me. Wow. So nightmares, so, probably like an astral projection of of him, probably following you wherever you went. But certainly, but certainly, he's capable of this. Absolutely. And not only that, but. When I, as soon as I left, there was an item that was taken from us, Taylor and I, a silk handkerchief. Was taken, stolen from you? Stolen from us. We had been sure that we packed it the night before. And mm. after the bad dreams, I woke up and it was time to leave. And we did so. Only midway through our trip, as soon as we left Paris, we realized we were without this silk handkerchief. Was it white? It had spots. It wasn't completely white. Okay. But it had some white on it. Okay, because that, that would have been reminiscent of the man in the white silk shirt. That would have scared me more than anything. But I believe what had happened to you is what vampires do classically, which is they take something of your scent as a keepsake. Now... I don't want to scare you, and I don't want to scare Taylor. So I'll just come out and say it. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off. He might be stalking you, and this might be a long game. Gio, wait till the end of the story, because we reach out to the homeowner, which we were staying on, saying that we have lost this item. Mm -hmm. They take a long time to respond. You know, It wasn't a large place. It would be something that would be easy to check, but it took them all day. And when they finally got back to us, they said, oh, yes, I found it. It was just placed, like, right in your room where you were staying. I'll um, leave it tied in the entryway by in front of the front door because we were coming back to Paris at the end of our, our, of our, of our studies. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave it tied up in our entry. Just come and get it. Wow. So we went back to the place where Johnny stopped my door while I was sleeping. I mean, he was there. He was there. I know it. I felt it. Because when I went up the stairs, this is the kind of a, a hallway that has automatic lights that will sense if you're walking through it, if, as, any, as any person would. And we mm -hmm. do this all the time, you know, go up, go, there's a lockbox for a key um, that we go in. The whole time it was illuminated, and we go inside. But this time, when I went up to get the handkerchief, I dashed up, no time at all. As soon as I reached for it, and I said, I found it, the lights went out. Oh, my God. 
Did you did you look behind you? I was frankly a little too afraid to. I did my business. I took the scarf. Of course, mm-hmm. I had to turn around and go down the stairs. Nothing yet. And but right outside the door, just directly to the left, something caught our eye. An art exhibit. It seemed huh. interesting. Okay. It was about love. It was something that we had not seen just days prior. We stayed in the same place. Mind you, this is the same place we stayed in only days before. Had no idea that this art exhibit was opening. There was not any trace of it. Wow. So it sprouted up out of, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. We come back. We're walking through it. And it looks very nice. It's very cultural. Um, and it's free as well. All made of wood. Um, and we go to the back, and there's a big bowl where you're supposed to participate to choose two cards to match each other. It's almost like spells, even, right? It sounds like a spell. You're supposed to put on a wall. And it's a big wall of spells, right? With a call and response, sort of like how it is to love. Okay. Interesting. And, and we participate, because why not? We're, we're doing our studies. Right, you're doing your research. So these two cards that I pull, just reach into this big bowl with hundreds of cards in them. Mm-hmm. You know, not looking. And I'll, I'll translate this as well, because it is in French. Okay. And so you have to think about the way that the spell is enacted in French is different than it is in English. Of course. So it's going to have a different magic to it. Um, and one that I think is more is, is stronger to the forces that we're speaking of. It's okay. a Ilniarian de Pluboca. So there's nothing more beautiful than. Okay. And I'm showing you, this is not the second card. Mm-hmm. Cross to heart. This is the first thing I picked up. It was under other cards. There's no way I could have seen it. I didn't even notice what I, I had in my hand. It didn't register to me till seconds later. It says, there's nothing more beautiful than was the first. And this one, I'm showing it to you, Joe, is a fan de Johnny. Fan de Johnny. It's spelled it's as in Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. So was this all a ruse to get you to somehow have affection for Johnny? Love for Johnny? A it spell? Because there was, to solidify it, there was two other people standing there, not a couple, but a woman by herself and an attendant. A woman by herself in a love exhibit. And they started to talk about, you know, because they pulled these cards. Oh, do you love Johnny? And I said, I did. I love him. I can't stop talking about him. What? So they had you. In, 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 In whatever space that you were in. It, it was as if it was all like a Truman Show kind of scenario where they made it so that everybody around you was a fan of Johnny Depp to convince you too. to convince you to be a, a Johnny Depp fan as well. And it worked. I, I am so glad that you got out of there, Rob. So did you see anything else on that wall? Any clues? I wish I did, but I th- feel like the cards were a distraction. There I probably mean, was. There probably was some some facts, maybe some addresses, but that's for another time. We're going back to Europe. 
like we said, we're going back to Europe in a year. We're going to go uh, hit up all of the, the Hollywoods of, of Europe, and we will make sure that we're back in Paris. And hopefully this exhibit is still up, or we can find the uh, artist behind it, which my guess is somebody associated with Johnny Depp. Or at least can provide some more information. They're in contact with him. Absolutely. In some way. Wow. What a trip. What a study sabbatical. And you're back. You you know, ho hopefully you had a little bit of time to relax. That sounded very stressful. But uh, I'm glad you're back. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. And uh, it's just I feel so supported by the entire street team to continue to do this work. And, you know, I'm back and I'm still going to be working uh, because this is too important uh, to be left ignored. Uh, and it really gives me the most energy in the entire world. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And just to see that you're safe and sound, um, it just gives me so much joy. But we have a little bit of things to kind of um, go through, some some quick business. Um, there's some news that's been happening in uh, the world that is so... I guess it just matches so much of the things that we've been talking about recently that we just have to like kind of mention it just a little, just a little bit. I know you said you watched a movie that um, was really kind of um, showing something about uh, a Mr. Alexander Ray Baldwin. The third. The third. Um, if you want to quickly talk about that, because um, this is also something that was a part of your trip, I believe. It was, it, was, it was when I was coming back. It's the flight home. Uh, and as we all know, through international flights, you get to browse all the films and media that you have missed throughout the year. One of which, uh, for myself, was the latest Mission Impossible film, Mission Impossible Fallout, which we've talked about other iterations of this film often in this show because they're, this show is representative, this, this movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah, of, of larger schemes at play here. We're we're not going to uh, let up on this movie either. We're going to have um, experts in to talk about Mission Impossible Fallout and Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. So um, if you think that you know that movie came and went, I'm sorry, but it's not the case. Uh, there is a lot to mine in this uh, franchise, especially. So I'm glad that you got to see this. And real quick, this is just kind of uh, beside the point, but I would just had the thought, um, what a strange kind of like synergy that the airline industry has with Hollywood mm -hmm. where they have you captive, basically. You're captive, you're a prisoner in the sky. And the only thing that you can do to entertain yourself because there's no cell phones, right? There's no internet. You have to watch a movie. And there's... All, there's only movies that they have for you to watch. I wonder, I wonder what that kind of means. It, it, it seems to me that the airline industry has sold out to big Hollywood and to big ghosts. Oh, most definitely, because we there is this, this is 2018, folks. Um, for those of you who aren't listening in 2018, um, we have the technology. We have the, to block the ghosts from getting into the airline equipment uh, from the Wi-Fi. Like, that is such a myth that that is something that can be impossible. We should all be able to be have free Wi-Fi and be able to expose ourselves to the materials that we feel comfortable being exposed to and the levels of ghosts that we're comfortable with. 
But the airlines, Gio, I think is exactly as you said. I think some of these companies own airlines, you know, at this point. Yeah. Uh, so this is a huge scheme to funnel as many ghosts as possible to as many people as possible. Um, I mean, I will say that the last time I was on an airplane, I watched a movie called Black Mass. Mm. And that starred Johnny Depp. Of course. I I, I'm not sure if we had talked about this before, but the person that Johnny Depp was playing, Whitey Bulger, recently was murdered in prison. And that's something that you have to think. So somebody that Johnny Depp played, right, was murdered because of Johnny Depp playing him. I, I, I'm not sure if that's the reason. They, they didn't say the reason why he, he was murdered, but it has to be that the fact that Johnny Depp played him. That has to be it. And as soon as he was done with his role playing him, he had no more use for Whitey Bulger. And so he had him killed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just a... Because when, when we talk about airplanes, uh, it's, it's almost like a source of, of trauma. I, I didn't even remember that I had seen this movie until you mentioned the fact that you had seen another movie in an airplane. So for everybody here, hashtag, um, you know, airline trauma and talk about the movies that you've seen, because there's a lot of movies that you just forget about when you're, when you're in an airplane because you watch so many. So, so let's get back to, uh, to the mission Impossible fallout, because this is something that you saw that, uh, really shook you to your core. I believe I'm not really sure. I haven't seen it. I mean, I just think it's a very interesting insight to where we are today. Um, it's a very, uh, you know, politically aware film of where we are. And it all has to do with the Baldwins uh, and how Alec Baldwin plays a CIA operative, you know, like a head honcho sort of guy. And he's running around assuming a role in the government much like his brother is. Hmm. Right? Play acting. I mean, these guys, that's what they do, is they play act uh, senators, you know, businessmen, bankers, uh, presidents. Obviously, one, one is acting like a president and one is sat satirically acting like a president, you know? So this is what they do, apart from the course. But you're, you're saying in, in this movie, Alec Baldwin is just kind of playing one of his political characters his like spy characters or whatever yeah definitely so i think that's a message that's kind of a huddle wink and a nod to all that um kind of throwing it in our faces a little bit mm -hmm. that his brother is now play acting the president of the united states but it's our actual president as well so these really feminist notes at all of us unbeknownst to us as well for most right. of us right because yeah. he thinks that we don't know mm -hmm. Uh, but we know, and half, but half, the odd thing is, halfway through this film, about three quarters of the way through this film, uh, spoiler, so make sure you listen in, uh, he gets stabbed, presumably to death, although the characters run away at that point, uh, and you don't hear from him for the rest of the film. They don't even talk about him for the rest of the film. In the context of the film, he ghosted the film after this moment and i and i don't want to say definitively that he is dead because this is a mission impossible series we're talking about there's always all these plot twists and turns people 
presumably die and then come back to life all the time. Mm-hmm. So much like Schrodinger's cat, Alec Baldwin is both alive and dead at the same time, so uh, presumably. But he's a ghost and alive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which means they so what what this means in in real life terms is in the movie they made it possible for him to either be dead or alive which means that they were able to make an image of his ghost and put it into the movie so now that means that Alec Baldwin exists as himself as an actor Alexander Ray Baldwin the third. and then the third and then we have his image ghost from Mission Impossible Fallout that's going to follow him and haunt you know, the lot of, of whatever movie uh, production company that uh, it was filmed at. So they created a ghost out of thin air from somebody that was alive. And this is, this is how the ghost army is being created. And this is how they're multiplying their entire army over. When somebody dies in a movie, they make a copy of that ghost and that ghost joins the army. So we just got a little bit weaker, and but we got a little bit stronger because you were able to point it out, and we and we see it, and now we can anticipate that his ghost moves, and that's great. But the thing that makes it the most difficult is that the fact that he made it ambiguous is that he still exists in the real world and can still walk as a person and still haunt people at the same time. So no one will believe. Like, oh, how can Alec Baldwin be haunting me? How can he be a ghost? He's right here. He's alive. So you have to watch out for the lie. Because that's what they'd all do. They'd just lie all the time. And until it comes true. This actually could um, explain what happened with Alec Alexander Ray Baldwin III a couple weeks ago when he allegedly punched a man in the face for taking his parking space. Um, I believe that this could be, in fact, maybe his ghost copy that was haunting by punching somebody in the face. That's kind of a haunt. If you're a ghost and and you punch somebody in the face, you could call that that you're haunting them. And so I believe that this was his ghost haunting this man who uh, who took his parking space. This is all kind of circling around the idea that it's these two brothers, right? They have have had this plan for 30 years plus to get on top, to show what they've got, and then to make copies of themselves through ghosts. And now they're working with the reverse Underground Railroad. And all of that is currently happening. It's it's it, it, we, we can talk, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about you know, um, the reverse underground railroad, Kanye, and it's not like these subjects go away. These things follow us from week to week. They're continuing developing stories and investigations and threads that we have to keep on pulling. And so we have to talk about Stephen Ray Baldwin. We have to talk about Donald Trump. We have to talk about Kanye. And we have to talk about, recently, Kanye's brush with death. If you guys don't know, uh, Kanye was at a music video shooting, and I say shooting as if they were shooting a music video, but there was also a drive-by shooting. Um, he wasn't the target per se. I, I believe it was somebody else, somebody named Takashi Six Nine, but 
he was at the filming and he was there and associated with Takashi 69. So all of that is tied to the reverse underground railroad because he is on a fast track. And if he were to have gotten shot, it would as if it was a assassination attempt on a almost president. Because this guy, I mean, Stephen Baldwin said it himself, he is president material. So. And I think what really points more to this direction is the, the association with Takashi 69 And Joe, you were telling me some very interesting things. I've noticed that you've, I've known that you've also been closely studying that particular number uh, combination and its powers, uh, the power of the six and the nine, almost as if it's an infinite loop of sixes if you keep turning it. Yes. Uh, which really scares me. We have talked about these numbers before. Obviously, the triple six is something that we always go back to in mathematics, deep math. Um, it's something that we just can't get you know, out of our heads. It's, it's everywhere. But 6-9, like you're saying, it's, it's kind of a coded 666 um, because it's an infinite six. And if you have infinite sixes, that means you have infinite 666s next to each other, mm-hmm. right? Which is terrifying. That's true. That, I mean, it, that should terrify every anybody. And we have this man here named Takashi Six Nine, and he is going to jail now. Basically, I, I don't want to ruin or spoil. I mean, I guess yeah, I guess I will. I'm going to spoil it. Takashi Six Nine is a piece of shit, and he's going to jail for uh, being a part of a lot of uh, gang related stuff. And they're they're getting him for racketeering. They're really throwing the book at this guy. So. That's what the celebrity news says. And I don't doubt any of that. I, I truly believe that, you know, he made his bed and he's going to sleep in it um, in a prison cell. And that's the way that life is. But I believe that he was able to hijack something, some sort of energy. And and because the thing is, this man, this 22-year-old man, whose name was Daniel Hernandez, was born in 1996 so we already have nine nine and six his name is six nine right so that's like almost two infinite loops of sixes the other one thrown inversely from the 1996 so they connect together linked and he he decides to call you know himself six nine and it's spelled with an six and then I X and then a nine and then I N E. So even that, that's six, six, nine, nine, right? So that's already one six, six, six in there as well. Mm-hmm. So just follow the math. Just follow the math. So now we have to talk about the fact that all of his big hits, basically his top hits, came in one year, 365 days, possibly a year and a day, 366 days. Mm. Three sixes, six, 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 and then a five. So all of this numbers are adding up to six, six, six over and over and over again. And now we look at six, nine, right? What what is he? He's he's a rapper. He's a musician. 
we've talked about music. Music is a spell, but the lyrics are the words to the spell. And you can kind of tell what the lyrics are about based on what the song title is. So I looked into some of his more famous earlier stuff because you have to think, okay, he has a meteoric one year. But before that one year, he had to have made a deal with somebody. The devil? Obviously. That's my guess. So here is a couple of uh, his titles of, of the songs that he made. So one of them is called Scum Life, which could easily be a song that a demon would sing about scum life. Okay. The other one is called Hell Sing Station. It's Hell just Sing. A place where you sing about hell. Exactly. Or Van Helsing. Or like a, or, oh, interesting. Or like a, um... I was thinking a station, maybe like a train station, but I was also like a radio station where you're projecting out these songs about the devil. Yes, the station, and you're singing, you're singing the the frequencies from hell. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all. That's all fine and good. These could be very um, simple songs that are harmless, right? Well, I thought the same thing until I saw this next one. His song that he made is called Yokai. And I was I was kind of confused because I, I don't speak whatever language that's in. So I put it in Google and I, and I looked it up. It's, you know, people don't really understand research and how hard it is, but sometimes it can be easy if, if you know what you're looking for. So I looked up Yokai and it led me down a very dark hole because Yokai is synonymous with ghost and a phantom. So they are a class of supernatural monsters, spirits, and demons in Japanese folklore. They have uh, names like Kappa, Tengu, Mamano, Ayakashi, and all these, they're uh, different kinds of demons, different kinds of ghosts. And then you look at what his name is, because his name is 6ix9ine, I, I just told you, right? But oh, yeah. he has he has another name. It's Takashi. So his full name, I guess, is Takashi Six Nine. So he took on the name of a yokai, of a phantom, of a ghost. He made a deal with a Japanese ghost through what I believe is one of the most dangerous pieces of of uh, art in the world it's a portal ex- extremely dangerous japanese anime i haven't talked about it much here because uh this isn't really a, the venue for uh, we, we don't really talk about cartoons much uh, and tv shows but it's very obvious that this takashi 69 watched japanese anime and somehow was able to converse with a yokai with the demon ghost and was able to get power from them only with the exchanging of changing his name. So now he has Takashi 69 as his full name. So that's where I believe he got his power from. But then I looked a little bit deeper. Mm. A little bit deeper. And that's where really grade A gold star research comes from. 
So I looked six nine. What day is that on the on the calendar? Uh, that'd be June 9th, Gio. Uh, why? But we know that date very well. It's a very personal date to us, you especially. Yes. It's a it's a very personal day um, for for me. But I, I want to quickly just mention because this isn't about me. This is about Sir Johnny Depp. It always is because we share a birthday, Johnny Depp and I. And it is June 9th. And I mean, so, you could have slid in a, a, depth, a depth step, but I mean, I feel like this point, Gio, it's like we're, we're the whole show right now is just Johnny. It's not exactly. like, it's the, it's the whole thing. We, we didn't realize this was going to be a Johnny episode as heavy as it is, but we just kept on researching and he shows up everywhere. Like I said, these are things that it's continuing investigation. So, Johnny Depp, 6'9 his birthday, my birthday, and yet I don't, I didn't give any power to Takashi 69 I didn't do that. So where did it come from? It came from Johnny Depp. He had to give the okay for the Japanese anime Ghost Demon to make the deal. Johnny Depp is the, the median, the middleman. He's the, the walker, the vampire that was all the way from ancient Greece. He probably knew how to speak ancient Greek, you know, and and probably helped Jim Morrison write his, you know, his epitaph or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it all comes back to Johnny Depp, and he's in a state of decline, which makes him that much more dangerous. So for that, I'm going to recommend that you wear some garlic around your uh, your house, because um, as we know, Johnny Depp is following you; he's stalking you. And the fact is that he is an American, and he can come back to America anytime he wants. And I actually heard that he was in France right after you left. Is that true? That's absolutely correct. I mean, this is a dangerous time to be in France in terms of being around Johnny Depp, especially since he is weekend. He is going back to his source of strength, which is Paris, France. He is... He, he arrived the day after I left. I was very sure to, to schedule my trip that way because I know that if I got caught with Johnny in Paris, there's no way that I would have been able to get out. Mm -hmm. Especially during the daytime because that's – when Johnny Depp goes places in quotations, you know, he makes public appearances. But when Johnny Depp is stalking people, he can be any, anywhere in the world at any time. And so he was absolutely in Paris stalking you, but he couldn't make the public appearance until the day after you left. He did. I mean, it made me think of perhaps, well, as vampires, I believe, you know, they have their physical forms and they also have their spiritual forms. Yes. So I believe his spiritual form was already in Paris before his physical form arrived. Just after. The perfect cover as well, truly. Wow. For, um, but I knew I couldn't be there while Johnny was also there as well. Um, and I just didn't account for the spiritual side because even though you should, you know, we, this is all we talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, and, if, and again, I just feel like I am also still just a student in all of this as much as we all are uh, to keep learning about these things. But Johnny was there and he was auctioning one of his motorcycles, Harley Davidson motorcycle signed by him himself. So, much like the cars, you know, given yes. Paul Walker, 
given to James Dean, likely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, Jim Morrison, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, whoever put, oh, you know, bought this motorcycle, I'd watch out. His name is inscribed into it. Carved. It is a, a cursed vehicle. So, Absolutely. That is a vampire motorcycle if I ever saw one. So for anybody who bought that, just drive that right into a river or something because it's not going to give you anything good. It's going to give you nothing but troubles. Um, and at best, it looks tacky having Johnny Depp's signature on a motorcycle that you bought. That's lame. At worst, you're doomed. You're cursed. Yeah. At, at worst, it, it eats you from the butt up. And that's the worst thing that could happen is if it eats your butt and then goes and eats your brain last. Because that's what could happen. It's the most painful way to be eaten, really. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to call it there because um, you, you look pretty jet lagged. And frankly, um, I, I need to research some more yokais because I, I need to look into to some people's names and see if the yokai matches. Because I believe that these yokais, the Japanese anime, have really tainted a lot of the uh, modern actors and actresses out there. So I'm going to make sure that um, everybody is held accountable and not trying to uh, draw powers from other supernatural. And I, I feel like it's almost cultural appropriation. You know, mm. they're, they're taking Japanese folklore and, and they're kind of co-opting it and, and stealing the energy from them. And Takashi, he's not even Japanese. So, you know, you, you, you have to kind of call it out when you see it. And frankly, I'm sick of seeing it. So um, until next time, guys, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on the screen. Uh, remember to keep with the buddy system. Uh, we're, we're buddies here on live on the program. Uh, we hope you have some buddies out there. Uh, we're all friends. Thank you for uh, listening to our audio sage. Uh, we hope it has been very cleansing for you, especially, you know, this time of year can be very stressful. But just hang in there, uh, hang together, hang with us. If you're feeling uh, like you just need a little bit of company, uh, we like it. We're here. You just press the button and, hey, we're back. So, you know, keep it going, everybody. We can't wait to do more because uh, this is going to be a big year uh, and there's a lot in store. That's true. Very true. So uh, take care, guys, and we will see you next week. We love you. Stay extreme.